Welcome to episode number 12 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the episode where we're helping academics create online businesses through blogging, podcasting, and video, creating side business, creating research companies, creating independent academics that can change the world with their, their research and their experience. Today's episode, we're talking about mastermind groups, and we're talking with Dr. Matt Hotze of TeamHelium.co. Matt, thanks for coming on the, the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm grateful to be here on the show. I'm really excited to have you as well. So Matt is, in addition to, to working with his teammates at Team Helium, um, he's also Administrator Director at Rice University in Houston, Texas. He has a master's and a PhD in environmental engineering, um, which is close to my heart because I'm a chemical and mechanical engineer. Uh, he also has a postdoc from Carnegie Mellon University in CNRS. He's previous managing director of the American Chemical Society and also managing director of NEWT, N-E-W-T, Engineering Research Center. So the reason I want to bring up some of those background points is that he's, he's very active in academic spaces and research spaces, and he's still doing things online, which I really like. Myself, some people that I talk to maybe don't resonate as much because I'm running my independent research company and running this online business, but I'm not a, I'm not a professor. Although I do sit on boards for a lot of research projects, but I want to make sure to bring people on that are also active in the space to resonate a little bit. Um, and, and Matt is one of those people. So teamhealing.co, their kind of big goal, and, and Matt will go into this more deeply, but just from looking at his website, is elevating research leadership. So it's helping early career researchers land and master their faculty positions, getting inside perspective on what it means to be a leader in research and academia, which is really resonates with the grab blogger message. So that's really, really great to have him on for that. So Matt, I guess the best place to start is how did, how did team healing come about and, and what's the background on that? Well, as extensive, you know, as the list that you, I mean, I've been in and out in and around academia for, for years and years and years now it's, it's more years than I care to admit at this point, I think, um, uh, you know, my story involves being, in a postdoc, being in a second postdoc, interviewing for faculty positions, and really feeling like, even though I had good mentorship, people were guiding me in the right direction in terms of the science, I felt very alone, isolated, overwhelmed when it came to applying for faculty positions, figuring out the right way to approach the problem. And only later on did I discover that there's all these great resources out there in the entrepreneurial space where where people have learned how to deal with some of these problems. Because being an entrepreneur, being a solopreneur, as you are really, I would make the case as a starting academic and even as a postdoc, you're really, you really need to behave in that way. Because like, let's, let's just take one example, both people have kind of more or less a runway, right? Where you have a certain amount of, of cash maybe as an entrepreneur in, in as a starting professor or as a postdoc, you only have maybe a, a, a year or two worth of funding where you've, you've got a startup package or something. And the mentalities that both of those people need to bring to their jobs are very similar. And I did not really have access to the, the entrepreneurial spirit that was out there because I wasn't I never thought about looking in, the, in those corners. And so later on, now that you know, I'm further along in my career and, and my academic uh, ambitions didn't really work out, but part of that was personal choice my, because we have a two-body problem with my wife. But also part of it was you know, just saying, okay, I need to move on. 
I look back on that time and, and I really genuinely want to help people that are in this position that are both transitioning into their faculty positions and also just starting out in their faculty positions because I'm sitting at the table now and I realize that people that are that are just now getting hired, I'm 10 years older than them, right? And I'm thinking, wow, I've got this, this 10 years of experience being in and around academia, working with people that are in the National Academy of Engineering, viewing what's working for people, what's not working for people. And, and I said, it would be a real shame to not bring those people on both for interviews, but also just for the, just to share my own personal experience with the journals and other you know avenues of academia to help these folks do a better job with their job because we say and we don't talk about it enough but we, we say that the hard part of research should be the research and not all the other stuff that you have to learn about management on the fly or you know i think management is is a really good example right where it's just like well maybe you mentored somebody during the summer one time or maybe you're, as a postdoc, you were kind of given a couple of grad students to work with, but it doesn't become real, real until you're you're on your own. There's nobody else to help you, and you're you're now in, responsible for raising these, um, you know, academic children, for lack of a better word. So that's a long-winded answer to say I have a personal background in kind of struggling in this area, and I saw a need out there for people to have more resources and sort of mentoring at large through this podcast and other resources that we provide. And so that's where Team Helium came from. Oh, I love it. And I'll, I'm going to follow up on a couple points from that that story because they a lot of them resonated with me, actually. Um, just the fact that you have a struggle, you have a, a difficulty in your I'm going on trying to address that and the next people that are coming up is a is a really I'll call it smart but smart makes it feel like it's manipulative but it's smart in that it's a good idea cuz you know you're helping you know you can help people right it's not like you're I don't know then you're not selling umbrellas in Texas or something that's completely irrelevant to the <laughs> well in Houston <laughs> well yeah it might be. <laughs> um, the point I wanted the other point I, I never thought of this was the runway so and this really resonated with me cuz I had you know I had runway when I when I was coming to the end of my PhD, I actually physically saved. I worked for five years before I started um, as started my entrepreneurship journey. I saved six months of salary that I could pay myself. So I had a runway then. I blew it all out, <laughs> ran out. Then, you know, then I finished my PhD. So I had a runway or I'm gonna have to get a real job. Um, five months after that, I had my my first son who's eight months now. So I, you know, I had the runway that 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 was happening and then the runway of my wife going on mat leave. And actually, the reason that it really resonates is just yesterday. So we're recording on May 2019 here. My business, so it has a team, it, it has a, a cost, fixed cost every month, salary to myself, salary to my team, tools, technology, everything. We were down just under the two-month mark. And I kind of have that as a red light of if we're not, if we get within two months, then I really need to figure out what we're doing next so we can bring on more income to, to move the business forward. Um, I've been thinking about that last couple of weeks. And then yesterday, I just started ramping up our sales process on some other things we have going on, some advertising memberships. Um, and I brought in a whole month's worth of income for the team just yesterday. So we went from two months, now three months runway. And by the next two or three weeks, we hope to get back up to six, seven, eight months and we can kind of run things out. So <laughs> the entrepreneurship journey is runway. The academic journey is runway. And I'm going to add your life is probably runway. <laughs> and if you don't think it is, then you're probably leaving some of that life on the table, not getting to those next steps. 
really interesting discussion. I hadn't thought of it that way. Maybe you mentioned a bit. So team helium, I will say in some, or in to reemphasize some of those points, it is um, a, a, at least two team, two member team of yourself, Dr. Matt Hotzi and uh, I have Christine Ogilvy Hendren, Dr. Christine Ogilvy Hendren. Yeah. Nailed it. Ah, there we go. Um, and so they have the website teamhelium.co, but they do also run a podcast, which I think is either Team Helium or Helium Podcast. Helium Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'd encourage uh, others to, to also go check that out as well. And as we mentioned, it's really about helping academics, helping people get through this journey of getting to the next level in their, their graduate degrees or, or postgraduate degree even. Yeah. We really see it like as three three transitions. One, into your first faculty position. Two, mastering that faculty position, feeling very comfortable in the position. And then three, feeling like you can start leading uh, larger teams, bigger groups. And that's where Christine, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but that's where Christine really comes into play because she's been studying team science and, and those areas for many years. And so that's where we started partnering, partnering up because I really think about those early career researchers landing their faculty positions. And Christine is thinking, I, I do some team science stuff, but she's really the expert in that area. Well, it sounds like uh, I'm going to have to get Christine on the podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, she's a good interview too. So. I like that. I like the middle. I mean, I like all three steps, but getting in, so getting started, mastery is a word that I, I use quite a bit in my thought process. And then... And um, then growth after that. So how do you actually grow a research team? They're, they're very important topics, things that we'll, we'll probably touch on in, in this episode, um, but each one's probably its own podcast episode as well. Before we jump into that stage, do you have any thoughts or recommendations on people about balancing this, this life as an academic with online business or online entrepreneurship or their entrepreneurship journey? What's the, you know, what's the takeaways that you've learned in the, in the years that you've done this? So one I think it's worth it, right? Uh, you know, some people it's it's non it's non traditional a, a way of approaching things, but I think there's a lot of value in having uh, people on your team, at least the team, the research team that I work on, having people on your team that approach problems from different directions. And when you when you're working with when you're working with a bunch of people that are really thinking in the academic space. I've found so much value from the time that I listen to entrepreneurship uh, books, podcasts, all this stuff, because it's just a slightly different take on a similar problem. And it helps because, you know, really in academia, for example, one, one good example is like marketing, right? They don't think about that kind of stuff at all, right? It's, and it's so important because you're you still have humans in front of you that are let's say they're doing a, a a review of your your paper or they're reviewing your research center and those humans uh, uh respond to similar things that anybody else does uh in terms of marketing and of course it's it's put in a science in a, in a science flavor but you're still doing similar things to try to get people to resonate with the story that you're telling as like a, a researcher. That, and those are the things that people are going to take home and remember from the conference or from the, the visit. And the things that you don't like obey the rules of marketing with are going to be forgotten. So, I mean, that, 
that's uh, that's kind of just to say to answer your question is like yes this is worth it splitting my time but it's also very difficult right because i have to put very strict limits on when i'm working and what i'm working on so i there's very few times well, so so the way i split my time is 80 20 and so 20% of my time is spent on team helium stuff right now and i have just i have a specific amount of time i have two children right so it's like these are the t- the hours that i can work I can work no other hours on these projects. So when I'm in this space, which is what we're recording on a Friday here, like I'm I'm working on the team helium stuff and that's what I'm doing and I'm not there's so much energy that is lost from switching tasks and we could we could go on a whole podcast about that like task switching. I I just recorded yesterday. It will come out in uh, two or three episodes. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. You know, it's like that's it's a perfect uh, it, it it's like you just think about this. I, I think I wrote a blog post about this once. It's like those basketball sprints where sui- they're called suicides. It's not probably not the best term in the world, but if you look it up, right, you see these these kids running down the court, and so it's a lot easier to run a hundred meters in a straight line than it is to run a hundred meters by doing it ten meters at a time by changing direction each ten meters. Or like reversing field in some cases, right? In this, in the case of these suicide sprints, so they're really, really hard. And basketball players hate doing them, but they have to do them because that's what they have to do on the court. So if you can imagine your day as like those sprints, if you can just say, "I'm going to take my day and do a hundred meter dash instead of a hundred meters of suicide sprints," then you're much better off. Then try because I think what people get caught up in when trying to balance all these things, it's easier said than done. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but you need to get back to the 100 meter sprint and away from like, okay, I have to work on my business and the academic piece and, you know, my family life all at the same time. But there really has to be very specific areas where you're concentrating your force and not trying to, your brain is like, uh, exploding because you're like I can't do all of this stuff at once, and you've got to really focus down. That's the that's the key. It doesn't always work, but you have to remind yourself to get back to that state in order to keep being productive on all of the things you want to work on. Yeah, I think that's a really key point, and it's so much so that I just looked at the podcast schedule. Um, it's actually the next episode. This is episode twelve of the Grab Logger Podcast. Episode thirteen is called "Getting Things Done Using the Capture Sort Do System." And I'll let you in on a little secret. The do is exactly what Matt's saying. That's <laughs> I awesome. definitely tune in. <laughs> um, I'm glad I'm resonating with the, the episode themes here. Yeah, it's perfect timing <laughs> for that. I want to go back to the another point that you you brought up, the 80-20%, because I think this is really powerful too. So there's the do, which is great. And we're we're an episode ahead on on explaining the do, which I do in the next episode, but there's the what should you do as well. And you really need to be really ruthless on how you break down what you're doing. When you said 80 20, you actually made me think of a. This was a long time ago, probably eight years ago. Um, I probably have it in a journal somewhere when I was working. And I read a book called, I had to look it up here, The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a really old book. Um, if I grab it, I could get it out of the, the, my notes in the margins, but it says something like 10% of every dollar you spend should, um, you should save it, it should go to your net worth, either as savings or, or they probably say just savings, actually, not even paying down debt. But, I remember writing the notes to that margin of that book was 
10% of your work hours should be spent working for yourself. And for me, that 10%, my, my work hours at that time were not 40 a week, but I assume they were, uh, my work hours are more like 60 or 70 a week, but if they were 40, um, I said, I have to work on myself for four hours every week or for 10% of my working life to be on myself. So I was doing things like looking at real estate investing. I was looking at startups and all the stuff. This was before I found solopreneurs and online business, which is a much easier route than, than trying to find funding and creating a startup. But that's it. Just rung a bell. I didn't. I hadn't thought of that idea in a long time. Um, like I said, it's probably in the margin of that book. I love that book. It's such an easy read, and it's just it's so much wisdom in that yeah. in that book. I hadn't thought about the book in a year or two, but <laughs> it's a good one. Cool. So the point, the big point there was you need to you need to be really ruthless on how you lay out what you want to do, and then when you're doing it, you're only doing that. You're present with that idea. You're present with that concept. You're not thinking about the paper that's due next week or I was going to say you're not thinking about your family. That's probably not a great thing to say. <laughs> but you, <laughs> No, I mean, but you're not, yeah, you're not, it's not that you're not thinking of your family. It's just that you know that, so I know that this, like, for example, this weekend, right, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be trying to check my email while I'm doing Legos with my daughter, right? And she's going to get 100% of me during that time. Again, I'm not always perfect at this, but that's the track that I try to get back on all the time because I, I don't feel guilty about not spending time with her now because I know when I'm with her, I'm going to be with her a hundred percent. You, I'm not even going to add anything to that because you just summed it up. The, there's, it's a mic drop. There's nothing else to add. <laughs> so we're going to move. Thank you. We're going to move forward to uh, today's topic a bit, which is around mastermind groups. And I asked, I asked uh, Dr. Hotsey, Matt, um, I keep saying his name so I can make sure I say it right. And if I keep trying, I'm going to mess it up eventually. <laughs> um, but asking on what topic really made sense to talk through to, to wrap all this up. So how do you plan? How do you um, propel yourself forward? Uh, how do you handle, you know, deciding on decisions? And, and he brought up mastermind groups as a great, a great thing to discuss. So that's what we're kind of focusing this discussion around a bit. I guess a good place to start is what, what role is, have mastermind groups played in your journey today? So I'm in a mastermind group for uh, sort of on the entrepreneurship side. It's not very well known in academia. I wish it was, and I'm trying to make it more well known. Uh, but I actually have a mastermind group that's been going, I think it's about two and a half years now. Um, and really, there should be more than two of us, but there's two of us. And uh, my mastermind group, uh, I guess, partner, for lack of a better term, uh, his name's Marcus. He's in it. it the reason why I brought up marketing is he's in a in the marketing space. He's a, a just pure business person, right? And he wanted to. He was wanting to start his own thing on the side too, and that's how we got connected. And he wanted to have the accountability of having a group that would meet that would meet every couple of weeks so that he knew that he was making progress on his the things that he was working on for his own personal development, like his own personal business, uh, very similar to my situation. And so we've been going for two and a half years, and we meet every couple of weeks, and um, you know we can talk a little bit more about how that works, but it certainly helps me because I know that, it, it, we mentioned the accountability, I know that I need to go back to him and say, here's what I've been working on. So if there's a day where I don't feel great about 
you know, starting a new thing or trying to get something done on uh, Team Helium stuff, I know that, well, Marcus is waiting, <laughs> Marcus is waiting for me and I'll have to report back to him uh, about my progress. So it, it really is, you know, you know, my wife cares about my business, but, you know, there's only so much you can share with your own family where, before they're like, I'm sick of talking about this. So it's really a great uh, support group for making progress in general. Yeah, I like it. And I want to bring up a, a, a story. This one I tell, I've told a number of times, but not on the podcast, but a lot of communities are part of and when I'm helping coach people through. because so they have this question. We're going to get into what you should look into for a mastermind group. And uh, I just realized that the story actually jumps the gun because we're going to talk about what to do if you can't find a mastermind group. But I'm already down here, so we're going to go through it. So I remember back when I, I read uh, early in my PhD career, so I transferred a master's to a PhD, I read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he has a section there that says you need to have a mastermind group. And I think he this book is old. It's actually it's not as old as The Richest Man in Babylon, but it's from 1937. So it's still pretty old. And he says you need to have a mastermind group of people you can go to with your difficulties, with your struggles for accountability and to help you. Uh, and that was a really powerful concept. But I always was like, well, that's great to say, <laughs> but you know, I I can't find these people. So I actually made up a mastermind group and it's kind of weird because I would talk to them and stuff. <laughs> but I, the first one I ever made was a research group. So my, I had like a virtual, well, that's a good point too. Your, your PhD thesis committee is generally for researchers, the first sort of concept of a mastermind group you have. You bring problems to them. They bring problems to you sometimes. <laughs> um, but this other idea was of a virtual mastermind group. So I, I took um, like the top five people in my field. So not all of them were alive at this point in time, some older people and some newer people. I would think about my PhD thesis and think, okay, if I could sit these people down in a room and ask them this question, I used to spend time thinking about this, what would they tell me to do in this research direction, in this position? And that's really easy to do in the sense that there's no cost. There's, you don't have to go ask somebody. The accountability is a little less because if, if your virtual mastermind group is yelling at you about doing something, you may have a medical problem. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, this virtual mind match my group was something I've used quite a bit. And then entrepreneurship journey, I, uh, I'd follow people. I listen to every podcast they'd have. I get to know them. And then I pretend that I could ask them questions. And I'd always have a group of three to five that I kind of make up. Um, I have done the route of, of it, it real ma- I have real friends now. <laughs> <laughs> I go around I the, the real a bit. I actually tried one recently with a, a very diverse group. A guy who does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil. Uh, a real estate trader in Nashville, a uh, quant trader in New York, and another guy, I think he was in the UK. Uh, and it was like this weird eclectic group and I'm not sure I got hooked up with them. I knew one of the people and they said, check out this group. We all have different goals we're going for. I did that for a couple months, but their goals were so disparate than mine that it didn't, it didn't work. It felt more like a chore to me. So that's a little bit of a, a lesson. And I've had great groups where communities like beyond the professoriate and the self-employed PhD group where I'm there every two weeks and we met, you know, for years now. So there's this wide range from virtual made up mastermind groups that can be really powerful to really disparate groups that maybe aren't that helpful to, to trying to find the sweet spot. And I guess that's the question I want to put forward to you then. And we, we may come up with some tips and some ideas here, but what are some things that you should be looking for in joining a successful, we'll call it a successful real group, not the imaginary one. Cause you, 
I'll, I'll put tips. I'll give tips later on a separate podcast episode of, of tips for your successful virtual mastermind group. But, but in a real group, what kind of tips should you be looking for when you're creating these things or joining them? I don't, I don't want to get too far off track here, but that imagine this, that imaginary mastermind group, it, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. That's awesome. I, I'll listen to your episode when you talk about that. That's really interesting to me. You know what the but, worst part of that is? Um, yes. So I've been talking about that for probably two years, and I'm not going to say he copied me because he didn't, um, but just <laughs> two weeks ago, uh, Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income, on his podcast episode, he mentioned this. He said precisely what I said. If you can't find a mastermind group, make a virtual one up. And he called it yeah. virtual mastermind group. And I was like, oh, there you go. I'm shot. My ideas are ruined. I can never write my book anymore. <laughs> uh, no, it just means you're you're smart. It just means you're smart. Yeah. But well, anyway, he's not writing a book on it yet, so <laughs> you got right. time. But you know, I would say virtual. I mean, we got to. I, I would be careful with the virtual term, right? Because my mastermind group actually meets, I guess, like on the line, right? So I think the first thing to realize is that you don't have to be co-located with these folks. They don't need to be on your campus. They don't need to be in your city. It's the beauty. I mean, there's a lot of things about the internet that aren't beautiful, but one of the things about the internet that's beautiful is you can find people that will you will resonate with quite easily, right? You can, uh, yeah, Chris talked about this, but you can join uh, forums and online groups and really just kind of monitor, right? Look for people that you're resonating with and find folks that are struggling with similar things to you, whether or not that be entrepreneurship or searching for a faculty position. Um, one of the things that we're trying to get started up and is helping people find their own mastermind groups in academia so that it's not just about the research, but also some of these other problems that people struggle with. And so I guess if you were, if, if I was just, sort of starting out trying to find a group, that's what I would do. I would go on like Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or, or Twitter and just take some time to figure out, okay, what, what people see, what people, you know, most people are pretty honest, right? And you want actually people that are going to be forthright in your mastermind group anyway. So if people are sharing their struggles online, like those are the kind of people that are going to be very helpful in a mastermind group because they're going to be honest about they, they're not going to come to the meeting and say, I've got it all done. Look at me, how awesome I am. They're going to come to that meeting and share the things that they're they're struggling with. And that's what you, you actually kind of need. Right. Because, well, one, you can help them, which is, you know, it's by helping them. You're actually helping yourself because you're you're teaching things and and reinforcing these concepts in your mind. But at the same time, you're also realizing that it's not just you right? It, it can be a very isolating, like we, we talked about the parallels between entrepreneurship and starting out in academia. Both things can be very isolating. And having, just knowing that are, there are people out there that are struggling with the same thing as you can be very empowering. And knowing that you're going to show up either at once a week, once a, every two weeks, maybe even once a month, and talk to these people, and they're going to be resonating with you. That's super helpful mentally to me to know that it's not just, oh, I'm flawed and I can't get my to-do list done or, you know, I I put something out there and no one paid attention to it. Like that happens to everyone, right? So it's nice to just 
you know, like I said before, it's like you can only talk to your family about that stuff enough times and then just like, oh, I heard this story before. But people that are trying to do this exact same thing as you, they're they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, here's what I did the last time that that happened. Or, you know, shake it off. You're going to try it again next week in a different format or something like I'm being kind of vague, but that those kinds of things are so helpful in those groups. And so to go back to the point, it's like finding people that you know that you're, and then just asking, right? You can say, here's, I'm starting up this group. You know, it can't, you're, the worst thing they can do is say no and you just move on or maybe never even respond to you and just move on, you know, and and it's fine. You just, you'll, you'll find enough people to, to start a group eventually. So that's what I was going to ask is what do you do if you, if you can't find the group you want, do you have any recommendations there? I have some that come to mind, but I'll, you're the, you're the expert we brought on the show. So I want to, I want to let you go through it. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean by can't find the group? You just can't find the right people or. Yeah. If you're struggling, if you've spent some time doing it and you can't kind of come up with the, the right mix, I guess it's the, or you, maybe that's who that just you, you're you're stuck. What's the next step if you tried and you haven't found the group? Well, if you're stuck, I mean, so the approach I suggested was like kind of scouting for a while and and then asking people one on one. I mean, at some point you might just uh, just sit go into one of these forums and say, "Hey, I'm starting a mastermind group, but I'm not sure." It, and this is where I would qualify it. I I'm not sure who. And here's uh, maybe not. I'm not sure, but more like, here's the three thing. Here's the three qualities that I'm looking for in the people that would be in this group. And if you think maybe that would fit with yours, we should talk. So don't don't just accept someone into the group right away. You know, have an initial chat with them to see if you if if you might click before you you kind of go out there and say, well, we're going to commit to a we're going to commit to a long-term project together in terms of a a mastermind group. Uh, That would be a way because sometimes people are also scouting out other people and maybe not being so visible online, but they're, they're ready for a similar opportunity. So that that's one way you could kind of step up. You you kind of got to stick your neck out there though. Right. And and say, Oh, I'm, I'm looking to start one of these, which is a little bit harder because you're not just communicating one-on-one anymore. Um, and that's hard in academia, right? Because we like to put on, I mean, this is going away a little bit, but we like to put on this, this facade, like we have everything together, like everything in our life is, is like a perfect presentation of our last research paper where all the data is, you know, is, is within these er perfect error bars and we've never made any mistakes. And, And those, like I said, that's going away, but you gotta step out and realize that everyone's struggling everyone's barely keeping up with their email like yeah you, know, <laughs> you know so the, the I, i'm rambling a bit but what what suggestions do you have chris about um starting a, a group well i mean you hit the nail on the head you just didn't say the thing i was thinking but you talked about the next steps so i was both i was gonna say if you can't find your group there's nothing wrong with starting your own and then you you qualified that with you, you didn't actually say it, but you, you said the things that you need to think about after that. Okay, well, how do you start your own? I did this with the Grabbler Connect community, uh, which isn't really a mastermind community. It has 350 members, I think, now. Um, but the same thing, I couldn't find academic entrepreneurs. And this was three years ago, two and a half years ago. 
we're starting to grow and there's more of us and there's some podcasts now like grab blogger and team helium that are helping push this message. But back then I felt very alone. Um, and I just sort of started on Twitter. I didn't even know hashtags like Psycom and um, Althack and with a PhD even existed. And it's like, okay, well I'm going to create my own. Um, but the, the hints that you gave there were you really need to come up with some guidelines about what it is, you know, not a lot, like three, just, this is what we're going to do. This is what we hope to achieve. Um, this is the kind of person we're looking for. And I just made those guidelines up, but they actually sound pretty good. Then you can reach out to people and bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. When it add to that third, I mean, like maybe if there's like sub bullets to that third point, I would say try to find, and you actually alluded to this earlier is like, I'm not sure how well these types of groups work unless you're kind of in a similar place, right? In life, right? Maybe you don't necessarily need to be a similar age, but you need to be struggling with a similar similar issues because it's it's just really hard to make it work unless somebody. So let's just say I was in a group with someone who's I don't know their business was making a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah, and that's not a place that that's not a mastermind that's going to work because I'm not in the similar similar place as them they're trying to do they're trying to scale to a different level than what i'm trying to do right now i'm still in the community building phase of the of the business and we're not going to struggle with similar things so it's going to be even if the person is really nice and i like them it's not going to be very productive because i won't have anything to contribute to that person's um I mean, maybe I will, but it's less likely that I'll have being be thinking about similar problems to that person, and it's less likely. Well, th- that person might have advice for me, but it might be just one way, or maybe they'll f- they'll have, like we always do, forgotten what it was like to be at that stage. Um, and the same thing for academia, where you, if you're with, what's to say you're it's like a grad student just starting out with a senior postdoc. Like those people probably don't have exactly the same problems. So really finding someone that's, that lines up with the, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but lines up with those, uh, that, that timeline that you're in, in terms of your career progression is really important. I think. Yeah, I like it. And I, I'm thinking of a couple of things. So a mastermind group really should be, I was actually going to ask this question about whether or not it should have sort of a, a leader, but I'm not thinking about this. And the mastermind group for the members should be um, very two way. So there should be as much value gained kind of all around the table. If it was, if it was a case of, you know, one member's getting a lot of value, and the other members just kind of showing up, then it's not really a mastermind group. That's a coaching relationship. Yeah. Or a mentoring relationship. Um, and I've, and a lot of the same things actually apply. Uh, I've been a part of many online paid community so i'm part of a lot of self-employed phd communities but i'm also which are paid but i'm also part of a lot of well, actually only one now um, entrepreneurship community so online business not related to to phd i'm probably the only well not maybe not the only one my phd in there but the only one that's focusing on phd specific topics um, but i've done a couple of these because i couldn't find the right place so some might be for just people who are just starting out some might be for people that are you know trying to get their first sale online and some might be for people that are uh they're trying to scale and grow like we are with with dustx research and with grab blogger uh, so you got to kind of find your sweet spot and there's nothing wrong with with those kind of communities as, as testing the waters and those actually comes back to a couple of points i was going to say on the mastermind if you create your own create the guidelines find the right people test it out say okay well, we're going to do um 
we're going to meet bi-weekly and we're going to do three sessions and then we'll have a chat and say, Hey, does this, does this work? Do we need to change anything or does, you know, or should we, we just load out of the water altogether? So nothing wrong with kind of coming up with that process and figuring out if it's going to work. Um, and you'll end up with something probably that it's, that does work a lot better for you if you take those steps. So, yeah. And the, I guess I'll, I'll, well, this will be the last kind of part on the mastermind group and then we'll try to figure out what's next for, for uh, Matt and team helium. But, Way back um, at the very start of the mastermind group, I wrote this this uh, note here in my pad. It says advantages of having a leader in the group. So, have you seen of the groups that you've been part of? Have you seen any advantages of of having someone that's you know it's not necessarily that they're the I think the lead, the leader might not be the right word here, but at least they're directing traffic and kind of saying you know this is what's this is the process we're going to. Or I can picture if you have led by committee, you can run into some struggles with these things. Uh, you have any thoughts thoughts along those lines? Well, just like any any good group or team, right? The the best teams have different types of people on them. Because if you had if you had a bunch of people on a team that on and all of all of them want to direct traffic, then it's it's not going to work, right? Or if if you have a bunch of team members that all just kind of want to go and uh, do their own thing, right? That's not going to work either. And so you need a good mix of mix of folks. So the same thing probably applies for uh, mastermind groups, where uh, it n- maybe not necessarily somebody that's in charge, but it just the, I mean, that could be you or somebody else. That's just their personality is one that is is one that gathers people together, and that that's my personality. So it's not something I have to go out and seek from from others. Uh, I would certainly like if my mastermind for if some reason my mastermind group like Marcus couldn't meet anymore for one reason or another, um, you know I would be out there looking for new mastermind a new mastermind group kind of leading the charge on that. But I, I certainly can understand that there are other people that don't want to do that. But then you need to find someone that's like kind of on top of it and willing to put that little bit of extra effort in just to maybe send the email to, to remind everybody every couple of weeks or, you know, just even set the calendar invites and kind of gather, herd the cats, as they say, in academia. So I think that's, I think that's really important, but it's also really important that you're not all trying to do that because it just, it, it like you said, it, it would make it kind of a mess. So... Yeah, I I I tend to lead towards there should be somebody who's 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 leading the charge, um, gen- and only one person is really good. I mean, partnerships and that can also work as well. But uh, if you have it kind of led by committee, then a lot of time you'll end up um, it will not be as effective as a of a meeting as as you if you have somebody that that led the meeting. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard if you don't know who's in charge, right? Even for something that's supposed to be like friendly and somewhat casual, like there, there needs to be someone in charge. And some groups successfully rotate that they like rotate who's the in charge person per week. I've uh, the three mastermind groups I've been in, I haven't seen that really work that well. Uh, but maybe it works for, for other groups where they actually like actively, it's like, it's like kindergarten where they're like, you're the line leader, you know, this, this is your job for this week. That's like my, my daughter example for my daughter's life. I like it. Okay. So I'm going to go through a brief summary. Um, this has been a really fantastic talk and we've covered 
quite a bit of ground actually. So sort of started at just academia, feeling isolating and alone, you know, during grad school, look for a faculty position and how that really mirrors entrepreneurship as a whole, um, being a solopreneur, being a, a business owner and developing your own business. They both can be pretty isolating. Um, we talked about Team Helium and their approach, really helping people get started, you know, obtain mastery in their position and then grow and scale research teams, which is a really interesting I, I I need I need to talk to Christine because I want to have her on as well to talk about that. We talked about life balance a bit, um, and I don't really like the term life balance. I like life segmentation, which is really what Matt's talking about: eighty, twenty, ten, or twenty. I know the math doesn't add up there. Seventy, twenty, ten. <laughs> um, I do have an advanced engineering degree, so really do something. <laughs> But yeah, just segmenting your life out and then being present in the things that you're doing. And again, tune in to next week's episode, episode 13, where we I talk specifically about that. It's already recorded, but it will come out after this. We talked about entrepreneurship in general, and we talked about mastermind groups. And now that can play a role in really guiding your, your thought process, guiding your goal setting, providing accountability. Um, we gave a bunch of tips, and we'll probably mine out some of those tips and come up with a, a tip sheet for... Um, just for finding the mastermind group or creating the mastermind group. We'll put that with this podcast episode. And then just closing out just a little bit on, yeah, how to, how to lead a mastermind group, how to find your people. Um, so I guess the, the place to end on, Matt, is what's next for Team Helium and what's next for, for Dr. Matt uh, Hotzi. So our goal for the summer is we're, we're actually uh, trying to launch a new service. So it's, it actually has a mastermind element wrapped up in it. Um, we're trying to get people that want to, that are searching for faculty positions. So I talked about feeling isolated, feeling overwhelmed with the whole process. And so what I would like to do is uh, I'm we're looking for people that are interested in small group coaching. So there would be a coaching element to this. Um, it's called the Faculty Position Project. And we also will integrate a mastermind element so that even after, I, I think the course will be six or eight weeks. I'm, I haven't figured that out yet. But um, there'll be a mastermind element where we'll pair people to, we'll, we'll pair people together or have groups of like three or four people. And then after um, the course is over, you, your, your mastermind group is still intact and you can keep working with those folks uh, toward your goals of achieving a faculty position. So if you're out there and you're thinking, well, how am I going to find this group for my particular goals? What we're trying to do is kind of facilitate that through this group, co group coaching course and then leave it. And when you leave the course, you don't leave the benefits of the course. You you continue, especially if you're resonating with your group, you continue to be able to meet with your group and check in on your goals. And it's just something that I wish I had as a postdoc. So I'm trying to create something in the world that would have been awesome for me at the time. So that's, that is what we're working on now, which is called the Faculty Position Project. I love it. And I'm excited to see it develop. And if I ever end up back in academia myself and then looking for a faculty position, you may see me as a as a uh, as a member as well. Um, I don't see that. Well, we just talked about my runway, so my runway's been extended at least another six months. <laughs> um, where, if somebody's interested in that, where's the best spot for them to go? Is it TeamHelium.co, or is there is there anywhere else that's up? 
Well, there's a specific landing page. So we've actually got a, an email course that we that you can sign up for. It's kind of a, a warm-up for this. And so if you're interested, you can go to uh, www.teamhelium.co slash FPP course. So that's F-P-P-C-O-U-R-S-E. And that will uh, lead you to a place where you can sign up for the six-week email course, which basically will send you one week, one email a week. And also we recorded audio for each email so you can listen to it at the lab bench if you want instead of reading through the steps for the week. But we walk you through some of the things that you should be thinking about in preparing yourself for looking for a faculty position. And we really start at the very beginning talking about time management, um, mindsets to approaching this uh, long-term project of finding a position those kinds of things when we go through it week by week in bite-sized chunks so that it's not like a big overwhelm big overwhelming uh, task so there's there's where you can get on that list and we'll certainly be talking with those folks uh, about when the the larger uh, small group coaching effort comes out oh, i like it and so that was teamhelium.co slash fpp course Yes, this is a faculty position project. Um, I definitely recommend people go check that out. And yeah, if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling stressed, then there's not really anything to lose by going and doing this course and have a little handholding. My my thought is that you're you're going to be quite a bit farther along. You're going to be quite a bit farther along if you just listen to this podcast episode. But if you go check that out, you'll probably get pretty far down the tracks as well. So I'd recommend checking that out. We'll put it in the show definitely. notes at grabblogger.com/slash. 12. I forgot the episode number for a moment. Um, so you can grab it there, or again, it's teamhealing.co slash FPP course. Uh, Matt, I really appreciate you having on this show. I hope to get your, your other half in the business on the future and also uh, get myself on the, the Team Healing podcast some point in the future as well. Awesome. We'd love to have you on. Awesome. So that was the 12th episode of the Grab Blogger podcast with Dr. Matt Hotze. We were talking about the power of mastermind groups to achieve your goals. And we went through a lot of great topics in relation to that. If you want to get the transcripts for this episode, you can do that all as always from the show notes at grabblogger.com slash 12. Um, and we'll put together a, a tip sheet for people. If you're looking for a mastermind group or looking to start your own, you can go grab that tip sheet at the show notes there. If you want to connect with Matt, you can find him at Matt Hotze, which I'll spell out M-A-T-T-H-O-T-Z-E. It's a lot simpler than it sounds. Um, on Twitter, you can find them on LinkedIn, the same name, and teamhelium.co is the best place to find them. So I appreciate everyone listening to the Grab Lighter podcast. Hope you have a great week ahead. I'm really looking forward to continuing to help you build your online business, do blogging, podcasting, and video, and, and kind of make your dent in the universe moving forward. So we'll be talking soon, and tune in next week for the already unveiled episode number 13, which will be getting things done with the capture short due process. Mm-hmm.